1: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to a podcast from the pool.
0: Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. This week we're talking about job interviews, pregnancy following miscarriage, and personality versus sex appeal in a new relationship. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, I want a new job but I currently work in a tiny company and I'm worried it will be blindingly obvious if I start having doctor's appointments every week so that I can sneak off to interviews. How can I keep my current job until I've secured a new one? Hmm tiny company employee. Thanks for this dilemma. I think it's one a lot of people will identify with. I can see your problem is all the worse because of the tiny company problem. But I know it's one that people struggle with everywhere because even in a very big company, we are usually surrounded by a tiny team of people who observe our every move on a daily basis and know if we come back from lunch at 2.17pm instead of 2.07pm. This is, by the way, why I can never ever work in an office because I would have to punch anyone who would make that sort of observation but that is a whole other story you have got two problems here one how do you physically remove yourself from the building without creating awkwardness or conflict and two how do you deal with the issue of lying because on some level you are probably going to have to lie about what you're doing and where you're going even if you only lie by omission i.e. by not telling any of your colleagues what you're doing Let's deal with part one first. How do you get out of the building? I think what you're really asking me here is, dear Viv, how can I get a new job without anything difficult or problematic happening? And the answer to that lovely tiny company employee is that you can't. Unless you get headhunted out of the blue, and even then they would need to phone you on a weekend to avoid any tricky conversations at work, then every job move involves some level of hassle and to some extent deceit. On the other hand, however, you are perfectly entitled to look for a new job and what you're doing is legal and reasonable and normal. The only thing you have to do is manage this situation with grace and patience, bearing in mind that it might take you a long time to get your new job. And also bearing in mind that once you get offered it, your current tiny company might even make a counter offer. You don't say, after all, that you absolutely hate where you are. So you need to manage this transition whilst keeping all of your options open. Let's look then at the lying. This is the tricky bit. I don't recommend telling any of your colleagues that you're looking for another job. Don't even hint at it. Stay discreet. Keep your cards close to your chest. Uh, If you need to dress up uh, for your new job interviews, then you've got to start dressing up every day. This is how you dress now. I know... It really sucks, what I'm about to suggest, but if you are going to go for a lot of interviews, then I really would consider booking holiday time. If you're really committed to getting what you want, it is worth it. Is there any way that some strategic working from home could help as well? Uh, Explaining to any prospective employers that your job is full on is another option. Explain that you can't take time out during the working day. Would they consider seeing you for a breakfast meeting or early evening? Be creative instead of inventing fictional illnesses which are only going to lead you into more elaborate fibs. Good luck and don't do what most people do and get caught up in the drama of the whole thing. It's just a new job. In fact, it's not even that. It's the possibility of something new. So keep your cool and let us know how you get on. Our second question. Diviv. I just listened to episode seven in which you discussed miscarriage. I also had a missed miscarriage and found out at the 12-week scan late last year. It was our first pregnancy. I'm now pregnant again, just six weeks, and 20% excited, 80% terrified. As someone who has been through this yourself, what advice do you have for dealing with the constant fear that what happened before will happen again, and the conflicting emotions of feeling unable to be properly happy and hopeful for this pregnancy? Thank you for talking about miscarriage. It makes a huge difference to people like me and my husband. Thanks so much for listening, for writing in and for letting us use your follow-up question. Uh, If anyone didn't hear episode seven, I talked a bit about my own experience. I had a missed miscarriage at 12 weeks as well, which is a miscarriage with no symptoms where nothing actually happens. You just go to a scan and you find out that there isn't a baby anymore. That was my third pregnancy. With my fourth pregnancy, with my third child, who's now four years old, I've also been through exactly the same thing that you're going through now, um, being pregnant shortly afterwards, shortly after a miscarriage, and thinking two things. First, surely this pregnancy is also doomed. And second, aren't I a total cow for not appreciating and enjoying the miracle of pregnancy, especially after what happened last time? I should be more grateful. I should be more in love with this pregnancy. I should be a better person. What's wrong with me? This is what's happening here. As you put it, unable to be properly happy, 80% terrified, constant fear. All of that is completely natural. As I said in response to the previous letter about miscarriage, we struggle to find the language to talk about miscarriage and the feelings it brings up because it's so rarely discussed. It's something you're meant to deal with in private and not make too much of a big deal about. Pregnancy after miscarriage is also something that isn't really discussed. You're just supposed to be happy that you're pregnant, and that's it. A lot of the anxiety and uncertainty and what if thinking goes on behind closed doors. It's hard to find people to talk to about this, especially because most people will do exactly what I've done and hijack the conversation and say, Guess what? This also happened to me. Let me tell you about my experience because we are all so desperate to talk about this. How to cope with all these difficult emotions, the mix of fear of the worst, hope for the best, and the guilt that you're not enjoying your pregnancy with the simple innocence you deserve. Bear these feelings, live with them, put up with them, talk about them as much as you can, write them down if that helps. Don't try and write them off, though. It's normal and natural that you don't feel as uncomplicated about a pregnancy once you've experienced miscarriage. Pregnancy is a vulnerable time even when nothing is going wrong. Your emotions are wide open. Don't expect to be able to control the ride. But don't forget about the other 20% you mentioned, 20% excited. It's true that miscarriage is a reminder that one in four pregnancies don't go to term but it's also a fact that three out of four pregnancies are completely safe and everything turns out fine. And three is a bigger number than one, even though I'm not very good at maths, even I can work that out. The more you allow yourself to feel however you feel and just stay with it, the bigger that 20% excited bit will grow and the 80% fear will lessen. It's not wrong to be excited. It's not wrong to be fearful either. Much love to you and look after yourself. our last question this week. Dear Viv, I've been seeing someone for a couple of months now who's lovely and makes me laugh, but I don't want to rip his clothes off. Should this be a deal breaker or should I be changing my priorities? Oh dear, he's lovely, but I don't want to rip his clothes off is not something any man wants to hear. But neither is it some terrible indictment or a sign that you should walk away from a relationship, I don't think. It all depends on what exactly you mean by this and how much that matters to you and you are the only person who can know this. The problem is I sense from your letter that you do not know your own mind and you want someone else to make up your mind for you and ideally you would like that person to be me. Uh, You would like me to either say leave him you are always going to have a rubbish sex life or you would like me to say stay with him you're just being shallow I suspect the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And in any case, it is not my life, it is yours. Um, For me personally, I'm not a big fan of of the old clothes ripping, um, but probably that's because I'm a bit old and tired. One thing worries me uh, in your letter. I've been seeing him for a couple of months now. A couple of months is a long time to spend with someone you find actively unattractive. So I'm guessing you don't find him actively unattractive. You've said yourself, he's lovely and he makes you laugh. Although there are two ways to read that, either he's great boyfriend material, who doesn't want someone who's lovely and makes you laugh, or you're absolutely damning him with faint praise, who wants someone who's very nice and has a good sense of humour. The spectre of comparison, I feel, is also apparent in this relationship. Whose clothes did you want to rip off? Maybe he wasn't lovely and didn't make you laugh. Maybe you've had a string of boyfriends who weren't as kind and funny as the man you're with now. Maybe you're struggling to let go of how they made you feel. You need to focus away from that and work out what this man makes you feel. Does he make you feel good about yourself? That is arguably more attractive than the ripping off of the clothes. So I'm kind of arguing that you should bide your time and stay with him and think a bit more about how he makes you feel. But on the other hand, what happens if you turn it around How would you like it if someone said this about you? She's lovely and she's funny, but I don't want to rip her clothes off. You really wouldn't want to be with that person, would you? I wouldn't want you to stay with that person. So be kind to him and to yourself. If he isn't right for you, then leave him for someone who does yearn to rip off his corduroy jacket. That is how I picture him, sorry. Uh, Maybe there's something wrong with his clothes, you know. Maybe if he had different clothes, you'd want to rip them off. I don't know. Maybe you just need to take him shopping. So I'm not sure about this one, but I do have an inkling that you could both do better with other people. Do let me know if I'm wrong. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And sign in to ThePool.com, where you can get these
1: podcasts automatically saved to your scrapbook every single week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?